Hi, Sunshine. I'm Natasha, your host for the Shine Online podcast and the founder of Soul Studio. In this conversational podcast, I interview the brightest entrepreneurs I know with the goal of empowering you to do business in a way that feels real to you. These conversations will bring you no fluff advice, honest discussions, and actionable strategies to help you shine online. There are so many bright brands in the online world, but there's always room for one more. Let's shine together. I am so excited to have Louise on the show with me right now. We actually met in person. We were chatting about it before the show, maybe around like two years ago. And it's just been amazing to see her brand and business grow so much since we connected initially. So I'm so excited to have you on the show and to share your journey with everyone. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. And I can say the exact same about your business. It has been so awesome to watch you grow the way you have. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I want to start from the beginning when it comes to your journey. Um, So take us kind of to the evolution and how you got to where you are in your business now. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So like going all the way back, it was pretty obvious that I wanted to become an entrepreneur ever since I was young. Like the idea of just like being in control of my own destiny and doing whatever I wanted was so appealing (laughs) to me. So I knew I always wanted to do that. So I tried a few different businesses first, right out of the gate. So right out of university, I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a try. And while those didn't work out, they gave me so many tech skills and really taught me about the online world and marketing and all of that stuff. So I eventually ended up launching a virtual assistant business, which was called Solopreneur Sidekick. And I started out doing virtual assistants and very quickly realized that I loved teaching and I would much prefer rather than just doing it for someone, I would much prefer to empower them so that they can do it themselves and that they can really be in charge of their business's growth. So pretty early on, I transitioned into education, started doing online courses. So now that is what I do. I have online courses on Squarespace and on Asana and launching one soon on Kartra. So that's kind of my jam now. Oh, that's amazing. And how did that kind of transition look from not only being kind of, you know, more of like a business brand to now being a personal brand, but also from doing like done for you services to now being solely focused on products? Mm-hmm. Well, it was definitely challenging, uh, you know, because your clients, you can get really comfortable with that. You know, there's a certain level of certainty with that. So, It took, honestly, it did take a coach of mine pushing me. She was like, okay, what if, you know, you weren't doing, I I was holding on to one client, you know, still Mm -hmm. at this point (laughs) while, while also selling my course. And she was like, well, what if you spent those 10 hours that you're working for that client trying to get sales for your course? Like, do you think you could make as much money as you are with this client? And I was like, oh man, like, you know, she totally put it in perspective for me. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I absolutely could. So then I made the transition fully over to courses. But yeah, it was definitely a challenge and required a push and that perspective change. Um, In terms of like developing the expertise, 
everyone was asking me about Squarespace. So I was kind of lucky in that all my clients wanted Squarespace related work. So yeah, kind of narrowing in my focus onto one platform at first was really helpful. Mm, That's really interesting that you really just focused on what people needed. Because I think when people are trying to figure out the direction, especially under the umbrella of just like virtual assistance, you can kind of feel like there's so many different ways that you should be drawn. But Squarespace was really what stuck for you. Oh, yeah, totally. And, you know, I would recommend that for, yeah, for all the virtual assistants out there, like you could really develop quite the career, I feel, for yourself if you just decide. It doesn't have to be only one because I think that's really challenging to just stay focused on one thing. But a few main, you know, if you become an expert in a few main softwares, like there's just so many doors that open for you. Mm, Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I would love to talk about kind of your home bases as well, because I guess you would probably consider yourself to be a digital nomad. You travel quite often and you've lived all over the world. Why was that what you wanted to do with your business and why was traveling a huge part of what you wanted your lifestyle to essentially look like? Yeah. I mean, I think all of it, like running my own business and traveling the world, like all of that comes down to this desire to like live life to the fullest, basically. And so I just thought, wow, like we're so lucky. Like I I always feel that. I always feel really grateful with how many opportunities are available to us now with the internet and with online business. So I knew that, yeah, I could move around and I could work from anywhere and it wasn't going to impact my business's success in a negative way. So yeah, then I decided, um, you know, that I could really go and live wherever I wanted. What was really helpful was I was exposed to this. Basically what happened was I went on a holiday once to Bali, met my fiance there, ended up moving to Bali. And in Bali, that's like a hub of digital nomads. So I was able to see that. And all of a sudden I realized, wait, there are all these people that are living, you know, this alternate reality that a lot of people would say, you know, is unrealistic and, you know, all sorts of different words. So that Mm -hmm. was really cool. I think once I saw that, that really opened my eyes and I was like, oh wait, I can do this from anywhere as long as I have my laptop. Yeah, absolutely. And since that, you know, then became how you ran your business and you travel really often, were there things that maybe surprised you that you didn't think that would happen? Things that maybe were more difficult than you thought you would be like with being productive and just like making sure your business was up and running as if you did have a regular home base or anything? Yeah, well, I actually, so last year we lived as full digital nomads and we, you know, me and my fiance, we really thought like, okay, this is going to be the lifestyle we want. And we actually, at the end of the year, decided it wasn't. Mm. So yeah, so that was definitely surprising, but, you know, I think it goes in seasons and it definitely matters what your priority is at that time. But our priority right now is fully building our business as big as we possibly can. So it was turning into just more of a distraction than anything. And having a one central place where you can work and where all your equipment is and you know where the internet is strong, all of those things can give you such an advantage. So yeah, we ended up deciding we want a home base with frequent travel that is more like exploring and more trips rather than, oh, we have to live and work and move somewhere new each month. 
I think it often, you know, you don't realize how taxing it can be to plan your next trip, figure out where you're staying, you know, the visa and legal issues with every country. And I think that's a really great point that, you know, you and your fiance came to where you're like to actually focus on this goal right now. Like maybe it's not travel. Like it's really just building our business. And I think stability is something that is just so unsexy, but it can really help your business grow so much further. Yeah, exactly. So like while it was amazing and it brought along, you know, with it a lot of experiences and I would highly recommend it for a little bit, but I think, you know, after a while we were like, okay, this is, we can do this in a different way. It doesn't have to like travel, frequent travel doesn't need to look like, okay, we're living there. We can simply go and and visit all these different places when we can take breaks from work and experience that place even more. Mm, yeah, I, I really love that. And you know, you mentioned that you, you know, you met your fiance, now fiance, in Bali, and you travel together, you work together. What is it like working with a partner? Because I can only imagine working with my partner and how that really looks, you know, navigating not only having a relationship, but also building a business together. Yeah. I mean, I will be the first to admit it's quite challenging, especially at first, because it's one thing to be in a relationship and figure that side out, but then to figure out like how you both like to work. And, you know, there's so many different things like your style of work and when you want to meet and all sorts of stuff. So it was a challenge at first when we just had to just you know, fully communicate and be like, okay, well, I like to work these hours and like just really get to know each other in terms of our work styles. So that really helped. And even still now, like, you know, we'll frequently touch base. Um, We definitely try and give each other space because obviously, yeah, that's a lot of time together. So yeah, we try and give each other space and like respect how the other person likes to work. And um, yeah, it works for us, but it was definitely that like first year, I'd say it was more challenging than anything. Totally. And I feel like that would apply to anyone, whether, you know, you're working with a family member, you know, a partner, all those different types of things is just like, it really dials down to communicating and understanding, you know, every moving part super well, because that's one thing I've noticed from like growing my team recently is that everyone works differently. Everyone has different strong shoots and just different personalities and how they like to be communicated to. So really understanding that I feel like can really optimize what everyone's able to contribute to the table. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would love to talk about your courses because that has really helped your business grow so much in the last few months and even in the last year. What would you really contribute that massive growth to and to where, you know, your course library is continuing to grow and your income's continuing to grow too and your impact? Yeah, so a few different things. For a while, I was attempting to just sell fully on Evergreen. So uh, for anyone listening who hasn't heard that term before, basically, I was just relying on automated email sequences to sell my courses. And I was just trying to make that work. And it's not that it doesn't work, but it can be hard to work at scale. So mm. I felt I had kind of, you know, hit a plateau and I was kind of stuck there. 
And then I decided, you know what, I'm going to try and do a proper launch. Like you see people launching, what does that mean? And basically that was the missing ingredient for us. While we, you know, we know a lot about tech, obviously, so we can set things up and have things running and that's great. But oftentimes for that to really work, you need like a huge budget for Facebook ads, for example, which we didn't have at the time. So yeah, we were, we were missing out on the magic of launches. There's so many people in your audience that, you know, may have not gone through the funnel, may have not um, responded to that type of selling and you really getting in front of people and being excited about your offer you know, and showing them what it is, is so impactful. So I would say it was the introduction of launches that made a huge difference. I love that. Launches are just like my favorite thing ever. But you touched on some really great points where it's like, you have to be so excited about what you're selling when you're in those launch periods. And I think a lot of times people don't realize how much energy goes into properly launching and really creating that excitement. So how does that kind of look for you? Um, do, do launches make you drained? Like I know you're always doing your boomerangs where you're dancing and doing your sticky note <laughs> wall and all those types of things. So like, is that draining for you? Like how do you honor your energy during that time so you can really keep the excitement and energy up? Oh my God. I love that you said that because I had no idea. Like if you watch a launch from the outside, like, I don't know, I had seen people do it before, but I didn't quite expect what they were. Um, So I was very lucky for my like first proper launch. I ended up getting coached by Alex Beaton. And awesome. Yeah. So she's amazing. And she already had, she just had so much experience in launching and she's so good at it. And so I would say her coaching completely opened my eyes. I had no idea what it really meant to launch and show up like that. Mm -hmm. So my first launch, I would say was completely draining. I was blown away. I could not believe that people did that. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wait, what? This is exhausting. I'm so tired. Like this is just so many people that you're, you know, that you're talking to and responding to and having to show up like that. And I'm quite the introvert. So that felt very um, intense for me. But we got such great results and it, you know, it was just so, such a fun experience. So yeah, we do do, you know, happy dances each time someone joins (laughs) and um, it ended up being such a positive experience that I was like, okay, you know what? We're going to try this again. We're going to take what we learned and we're going to try it again. And that second time was so much more manageable that I would attribute to systems. So I am a huge fan of Asana. So basically what we do is we take entire big projects like a launch and we will template the entire thing and then we simply rinse and repeat and we do it again, but we do it better. So that second one was so much more manageable. Like I was able to, you know, like show up and I knew what to expect. So the energy drain was way less. I was totally fine and I was just, I was having fun with it. Yeah. Oh, those are really good tips because I even have a little, like I call it my course launch library with kind of the same thing where like, you know, using these templates and these formulas of kind of what works um, and kind of just preparing to set yourself up for success because yeah, it can be so draining showing up for a launch. Like it's draining in the best way possible, but I think oftentimes people feel like they're not good at launching and they're not seeing the right results because they don't like kind of 
condition yourself in a way, like the same <laughs> way you condition for running, like you have to kind of condition yourself for launching almost. Oh, totally. Like, no, you have to prep for that. You have to, you know, manage your energy. You have to make sure you're eating well and sleeping well. It's a whole thing. I, I can't believe like how similar it is to that. It's too funny. Right. Oh my gosh. Well, I would love to talk about the different components within your launch because we talked about the happy dances on stories, but what kind of stages does it really go for for you? Because I know I usually kind of have like a pre-launch stage, a launch stage, and then like kind of like a post-launch nurture series. But how does that look for you when you're launching? Yeah. So I would definitely break it down like that as well. So pre-launch, making sure that all of my free content is related to that topic that is, Mm -hmm. you know, explaining the benefit of that software and all the different things that you can do with it. So that would be like four weeks prior. And then I call like launch when I'm doing something live. So I love to do a live challenge or a live training series, like something where you're showing up and you're providing value for free and building up some excitement before you actually open the doors for your product. After the free event, then that where you are just, you are showing up, you're answering everybody's questions, you're um, building up excitement for your product and like letting people know that there's only that limited time available to come join. That's how I break it out. And then post-launch, I consider it like us looking at how everything went, reviewing all of our stats and like doing a little debrief. Mm, I love that. Those are just the best three steps for really, if you're starting with launches, if you want to improve your launches, I totally agree with all of those. This episode is brought to you by The Sunshine Shop, Soul Studio's digital marketing shop with affordable resources to help your business shine. I specifically created this online shop to provide the help you need, like templates for getting organized and creating content calendars with Airtable, the tool I rave about so much on the show. Also, 900 plus hashtags researched by hand using proven strategies for DIYing custom lists and helping you see real results with your hashtags on Instagram. And our newest product, easy to use Canva templates for designing IGTV cover photos or live stream slides that are perfectly optimized and customizable for your brand colors and fonts. With these resources, you won't have to get just a PDF download and call it a day. I guide you with videos, prompts, and tutorials to help you really see results after using them. You can shop the hashtag library, digital content Airtable templates, and IGTV cover photo and live stream slide Canva templates at soulstudiomarketing.com slash sunshine dash shop. Or you can just shop the link in the show notes. Now back to today's episode. I would love to talk a little bit about actually like, you know, circling back to the actual product and the courses that you're making. Have you, you know, from from making courses in general, you really learn a lot about how to make sure your product is not only great in making you income, but that people are actually getting results from it. So are there some like tools you like to use or ways you like to organize and create your courses so they actually get your students results? Yeah, totally. So that has, I've learned a lot in that area. And now what I try to do is get people to the result in the simplest and quickest way that I possibly can. 
So I think, you know, when you first start, you're like, okay, I need to, you know, really show the value here and I need to give them, you know, every possible thing that I know. But yeah, I was actually fully disagree with that now. And it's how can I get you the result that you're looking for? So my focus now is less on, you know, how, how much information is in here. It's, it's very results driven. So everything that goes in there kind of has to be essential or else it doesn't make it in the course. Mm, I love that. I actually, you know, I had an initial course launch and then I went to the drawing board again, you know, redid my courses. And it was actually from taking another course that I learned exactly what you're talking about. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Sorel. She's like known for her selfie, yeah, 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 advanced selfies. Um, I took her course. It's really great. And what I loved about it is that every single video was maybe like under five minutes, if not shorter. Like they were super short and sweet sweet. And afterwards, I, you know, I felt really accomplished because I could, you know, go through a bunch of lessons at one time, but it was also, you know, to the point you're saying where it was super results driven. So after each little lesson, I could really learn something. So I think that is such a great tip when it comes to course creation. Awesome. Yeah, that is definitely something that we've been doing. Like they're all short, like that's just going to make your people feel so much better. Then what we've been doing as well is using Kartra for our course area. And I've been at the start of every lesson, I can give them a little lesson overview. And then at the end, I give them an action step for that specific thing. And then I also have a a progress bar across the bottom of the course, which I feel helps um, give people that, you know, incentive to keep going. And we send them a little gift if they email us when they've completed the course. That is awesome. I love giving gifts to whether it's clients or students because it really like it seems like such a small gesture, but it really goes a long way. Yeah, totally agree. So I want to talk a little about YouTube because I know that's a big part of your social media marketing strategy and that's something that you've been implementing and kind of growing your brand with. So how like, you know, overarchingly when it comes to like Instagram or other social media platforms that you're on and also YouTube, how does video marketing really play a role into how you've been growing your brand? Yeah, so it is my number one for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, the other ones I will use like as secondary, you know, building connections, but for my main piece of content that is video on YouTube, that's what I'm using to, um, ensure that people can discover me for the first time. So I like to think of it kind of as step one and, you know, the more I can grow that platform, the better, and then it kind of feeds the rest. And then I would use something like Instagram to, form a deeper relationship with the people that follow me. Totally. And I really love YouTube because it is kind of more evergreen in a lot of ways. Like, you know, you can always search and find YouTube videos, but on Instagram, you know, things, they don't have a long shelf life necessarily. I'm curious personally. So when it comes to YouTube, do you think that, you know, the earlier you're on that platform, the better? Like, has that attributed to how you've been able to grow your channel? Or is it really just being consistent and learning the algorithm? Like, what do you think is the key to success on YouTube as like your primary platform? Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely think with any platform, if you are one of the early adopters, then yes, it is going to be easier to grow. But I definitely, I don't include myself in that category, you know, like I wasn't 
on YouTube when it first started or anything. And I think more and more, like, you know, there are just so many more people coming online. So while, you know, it may be more saturated, there may be more people there. It never really bothers me because I'm like, well, yeah, but there are so many people that are coming online right now. Um, and I love, you know, what you say in your podcast and the the mission behind your podcast. And it's so true. So I would say the secret to success, though, is yes, learning the algorithm because it is a search engine first, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I fully agree. Like, it's so nice to be able to invest your time and energy into it, knowing that it's something that's going to benefit you for years to come. So totally. That has been very helpful to have, you know, a video that I did two years ago still be bringing me leads to this day. Mm. So that has been fantastic. But I do the best, honestly, when it's just when it's something that's unique, when it's something that people really want to know, because it's actually better if if YouTube recognizes that you have a video like that, then they will push it out. And then I feel that's when a lot of growth happens. So if you have something like extra special, some sort of hack, something like that, that you could give away. That's where I've seen the most growth. Mm, That's a really good tip, especially because I feel like in like the business realm of YouTube, like there, it isn't as oversaturated as maybe, you know, like obviously beauty or health and fitness on YouTube. So kind of finding your niche and figuring out how you can really offer very unique value. I think that's a really great tip. Um, And also ways that you can kind of repurpose those YouTube videos on other platforms. Do you have some tools or editing softwares that you really like for your YouTube videos? Because they always look just like so perfect and polished. (laughs) Thanks. Um, So I, so my fiance does the editing of all of them. So I don't have to do that. Um, But yeah, fully with you on repurposing them. So that's like the main piece of content and then we'll repurpose as much as we can. So I have a bunch of um, videos on my channel that people can check out that basically show you like how to convert things for different platforms. Mm. So I use the tool, the both tools, actually Canva and Keynote a lot. Those really come in handy and allow you to, you know, share clips of your video and post those to your stories and kind of just think of it as your main piece of content and then share it in so many different places as well. Mm, I love that because if you're going to put so much effort and time into creating a video, like it might as well go a few different places, right? (laughs) Oh yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, I would love to end off this conversation kind of just chatting about if there's any just really big lessons that you've seen along the way, because your brand has overgone so many evolutions and even, you know, in the season you're in now, it's growing and, and changing in so many ways. So what has been something that like from day one till now that has been like a really big lesson that you've learned that you're now implementing and and using in your business? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, I can tell you one that has made a huge difference and continues to like, it's something that I'm relying on right now. And it's the fact of making decisions from the perspective of the person that you want to be. Mm, So yeah, thanks. So rather than you know, before I would kind of make decisions and I would be so limited by all of my current resources or how, you know, I felt in that moment. And so now, you know, I'll think of that future me, that future business owner who's at the level that I want. And I'll ask myself how they would make this decision, how they would react and what decisions can I make now in order to help me get there. 
So that has been very helpful. I'm always picturing that future version because I know that the decisions they make and how they think is going to be a lot different to where I'm at now. Oh, yeah. And that is just such good advice, especially when you're just starting out. I feel like there's always so many distractions, like so many new services or you know, you have to be doing this and you have to be adding on this and it can feel so distracting. But when you really think of like, will this matter in you know two years and five years, like, is that going to get me to that next step? It really can help you say yes or no to the right things, essentially. Oh, yeah, totally. That's and that's definitely be a cha- been a challenge for me. All of a sudden, I'm having to say no all the time. I'm like, oh man, this is so weird. Yeah, and it can be really tough because I've even kind of noticed that as my business has grown, as you know, you kind of go through this stage where you want to say yes to all the exciting opportunities, and it's like the perfect time to do that. But once your business starts to kind of up level you kind of have to say no to some things. Like how have you navigated that new season of saying no to things that, you know, are probably really great opportunities, but you just don't have the bandwidth right now. Yeah, it's definitely been challenging. I've been first trying to get all my systems to be super strong. I think there's, you know, a period of growth that happens where you're like, okay, you know, certain things are not working as they should. We're dropping the ball in certain areas. So my first response is to work on tightening up the systems and making sure everything is running well in the off chance that, you know, maybe, okay, we could increase bandwidth. Mm -hmm. Um, But of course, yeah, you have to say no to a lot of opportunities that are good and, you know, would have been good before. But yeah, as you said, it simply comes down to, okay, that is not possible with everything, you know, currently on your plate and with the team that you have, it's not possible. So you just have to politely decline, thank them for thinking of you and, um, and yeah, stay focused. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Just like staying focused on your ultimate goals, I think is essentially just like the best way to go. And I would just love to hear before we share all the places people can connect with you is what is next for you? Because I know you said you guys are having like a home base now you're settling in. Like what is next for, you know, Louise Henry and everything that you have coming? Yeah, thanks. Um, So the next thing is our new course. So it's going to be my biggest course yet. It's going to be all about Kartra and scaling your business with funnels and, you know, all this cool marketing stuff. Love it. So yeah, I'm really excited about that. It'll also show you, you know, how to create an online course, how to create a membership if you want to do that. Um, So that's our next big focus, but really it's dialing in, getting all of our systems streamlined and simplified and then gearing up for bigger and bigger launches. So we're just going to keep pushing forward, keep doing that. And um, yeah, hopefully they become even more fun and more happy dances. (laughs) Yes, more happy dances for sure. Well, where can people connect with you so you're happy dances when you're in launch mode and learn from you? Yeah, so you can come to louisehenry.com or come find me on YouTube. It's just Louise Henry. There's lots of yellow everywhere, (laughs) just like you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, those two places are the best places to come learn. I have tons of free resources. I think I have like 200 free tutorials on my channel or something. Love it. We love a free tutorial. So that is amazing. We will definitely link all your links in the show notes. And thank you so much for chatting with me today. Amazing. This was so fun. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you so much to today's expert guests for joining us. If you want to connect with today's guests or check out any of the important links mentioned in the show, I've linked the details in today's show notes. Join the conversation at hashtag the shine online podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. If you love what you've heard today, we really appreciate it. And it helps support our show. Remember, regardless of where you're at in your entrepreneurship journey, there's always room for your biz to shine. I'll see you next time. Thank you.